0: Hello, and welcome to the History of England. Hello, and welcome to a special History of England episode. My name is Royfield Brown. And I've been a follower of David's podcast from the very beginning, so it's a great honour to guest host on one of the very finest history podcasts. This week, Mr Crowther has allowed me to break with continuity and to do an episode rooted in the 20th century, looking at how immigration and assimilation helped change how the English started to see themselves. The 70s are often derided as being an idea of English life, three day week, inflation and flares but in many ways they were the decade when we finally put the second world war and the empire behind us and we started to forge a new identity. We joined Europe and at home, the face of the English in some of its cities and towns started to change. The 70s were a decade where it became obvious that the immigrants from the Commonwealth were not going to go home. And culturally, they started to make their mark on the country. The English started eating chicken tikka masala and dancing to ska and reggae as anyone who's ever eaten Indian food in India will tell you. Indian food from India is different from the food served up in Bradford or Birmingham balti Houses, and it was the same with the reggae of the scar that was born in Bristol or Coventry. They were distinctly English, different in tone and speed from the Jamaican variety. This episode, taken from my series How Jamaica Conquered the World, looks at this process from the perspective of a young white English lad who grew up to the backdrop of musical, economic and political upheaval of the 70s. If you like what you hear, please head over to iTunes and search for How Jamaica Conquered the World to see how the culture of one small Caribbean island has helped shaped the modern cultural world since 1945. You can also find the series on the web, Facebook or Twitter. You can also follow me there where I'm at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. <laughs>
1: This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican Patwa. And a fair star, the Saffa pal. Usain Bolt is also out Austin, well. Here they come down the track. Usain Bolt! It's a story of music, sport Level. and style. How its rhythms, athletes and language went global. Pull up, pull up! This is how Jamaica conquered the world. <laughs> to get up on your feet. As the 70s began, Britain's Jamaican population started to leave its mark in wider British culture. The 70s saw the rise of far-right racist parties like the National Front, but it also start of a new multicultural Britain that came alive on its streets.
2: OK, my name's John Behetz. I'm from Essex in England. I'm 49 years old tomorrow and I'm a photographer.
1: Get up in the morning, sleeping for
2: my, my parents were war generation. They were quite old when I was born. As I got older, uh, more and more uh, black people and Asian people were moving in, Israelite which was, for some people was a problem. In this
1: country, in 15 or 20 years' time, the black man will have the whip hand over the white
2: man. We got a knock on the door once, and the chap saying, um, I answer the door, and he says, is your father in? And I said, yes, yes. And my father came to the door and he said, uh, Sir, um, we've got a i pro- I've got a um, petition here because we have another black family living in the street uh, okay. who's going to be moving in in the street. And we want to sign a petition because we've had enough of this sort of thing, you know. And uh, my dad, was, he, wasn't, he didn't... He wasn't violent, he wasn't angry, he wasn't... He just slowly just closed the door, clicked it shut, walked away. And I always remember um, he sat back down in the front room and, he looked at his newspaper and then he looked over at the top of his newspaper and he sort of said to me, look, you know what, son, after the Second World War, this country was a mess, it was a complete mess. And we asked Jamaicans and West Indians to come over here and help us rebuild the country and he sort of pointed at me, that makes him as much part of this country as you are, son. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what's he got to do with me? But then he'd make a joke, he'd say, anyway, you know, Black people invented jazz, and they love cricket. What's the problem? So he would make a light of it, but in the same way, made me think very clearly, you know. And the, the message that he gave to me, you know, was was quite strong.
0: No matter what the people say, these sounds lead the way. It's the order of the day from your boss DJ. I can steer
2: When I had a, I had a couple of black mates um, that I was really close to, and of course, when you're a kid. These things don't matter, you know. Racism is kind of, is kind of learned. As I got older, there was a particular guy who was a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Fenton, who was um, one of my best mates. I don't know. There was some. There was always something about him. I can't, you know, the way the way he. I mean, I wore jeans and a t-shirt, but somehow it just looked rubbish compared to the way he wore it. I don't know what it was. And all the other black kids, there was something about them. The way they they wore their stuff, the way they walked. And you wanted a part of that. I'm not, you didn't want to be black. He wasn't one of these, you know, these kids now who sort of walk around talking like that, and what you know, it's kind of embarrassing. You, you just wanted a part of this gracefulness, if you like. You wanted to emulate that. And all the time in the background, there's this, there's a kind of soundtrack. There's music going all the time. My brother was was into all the American funk, you know, the, the P funk and all that kind of stuff. But, but all the time going along in the background, there's this kind of. The Trojan Reggae Thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We a homegrown talent, super foreign, Bantan.
2: The first record I bought was Money in My Pocket. My first 12-inch, and I bought a 12-inch single. And I remember being really fed up because it was no longer than 7-inch, but it was just louder, you know, because it was a DJ cut. And it was, yeah, is that like Dennis Brown, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that must have been, I would have been a bit older then. That would have been. I would have been about twelve. Because my sister lived in West London, and she was about twelve years older than me. She took me to Dub Vendor in um, Labbert Grove, and I remember walking in there, and there were all these guys with dreadlocks. I mean, we just didn't have dreadlock people where I lived. You know, it was all Afro's. You know, and I remember standing there, and they all looked massive, and they, you know, they, and, and my, they were all looking at my sister because she's 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 quite cute, and. um and I bought, I can't remember what record it was, I've still got it. This is when I, I must have been about 10 at this point. Um, And I walked out of the shop with his record and then I came back went back in again and asked for the guy's autograph. And then I suppose later on, just after that, then the punk thing came in and I can remember pretty vacant from the pistols. I remember being at my friend's house and that for those first bits of Pretty Rake i dum 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 and I remember thinking, yeah, this is our generation. This is our thing. Just that moment and everything changed. But I still always liked all the reggae. But then The Clash started playing what was obviously reggae bass lines and Paul Simon was, was the bass player, was my hero, I always wanted to look like him, you know, and he dressed like, you could see the influence of the of Jamaicans on him, the way he dressed, he was the coolest looking guy, you know. They started doing, Jamaica uh, you know, um, reggae sound mixed with punk, you know, there was Armageddon time and, uh, and they did Police and Thieves, didn't they, and then, you know, it was, and Guns of Brixton was that reggae bass line and Close police out of a car behind her. Uh, Mrs. Thatcher out onto the, onto the doorstep.
1: On
0: the 4th of May, Margaret Thatcher was elected Prime Minister with a Commons majority of 43 seats. Where there is discord, may we bring harmony. Where there is error, may we bring truth. Where there is doubt, may we bring faith. And where there is despair, may we bring hope.
1: More than 100 white and
2: coloured youths fought a pitched battle against the police. Some were as young as 12, the oldest no more than 20. After Punk, of course, then the the whole two-tone thing came in. For me it was the first movement where it was all these kind of first generation Jamaicans, West Indians and white people and I loved that, I thought it was great. A bunch
0: of young groups lit up the charts with a potent homegrown mix of British and Jamaican music. They brought with them a look that combined black and white street styles.
2: All this was going on and of course then they had the the Brixton riots and everything and that was. that was a real that, that changed everything so it was quite an exciting time and it was all it was all black and white culture coming together it was a very nice feeling but also there was a kind of violent undertone going on as well you know you had a bunch of sort of yobbos from camden doing ska music Something different comes out. It's not pure ska. It's their own sound, and and this, and then you got the guys up in Coventry and the specials, and, and like I say, mixing it with punk. But it was just a, it was just, it was a real genuine kind of British stroke Jamaican sound. It was unique and it was fantastic.
1: In 1979, reggae, once purely a Jamaican dance music, had become a staple of the British charts in the form of ska. The end of the decade also saw the slower, more melodic Lovers Rock, another UK take on Jamaican music. We will explore the world of the Blues Party, Janet Kay and Lovers next on How Jamaica Conquered the World. So
2: here I am. This is David back again. I hate to ruin such a lovely ending, but I just wanted to say to everybody, well, first of all, say thanks to Royfield. Fantastic episode. Really enjoyed it. And then second, to say to everybody, there is at the moment a quiz going on, of course. That quiz is going to come to an end at the end of this week. So that is by the 20th of June. Okay. The coin competition and quiz will all be over. Okay. Just so you know. Thanks again, Royfield. Good luck, everyone, and have a great week.